You are listening to Reach MD, and I'm Dr. Jennifer Cottle, host of Everyday Family Medicine. Today, we are talking to Dr. Monique Gary. Dr. Gary is a fellowship-trained breast surgical oncologist at Grandview Health in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. She is also the director of the newly NAPBC-accredited Breast Oncology Program, and she serves as director of the Hereditary Cancer Risk Assessment Program as well. She is a member of the clinical faculty for both the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and the University of New England College of Osteopathic Medicine, and she's here to discuss issues with breast surgical oncology. Dr. Gary, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about the breast program at Grandview? You know, what makes it special and unique? Absolutely. Uh, Grandview Health is a more than 100-year-old hospital in the heart of Upper Buck County. I am from Philadelphia, a a native of Philadelphia, and I I chose this hospital in this community because there was such a need for a breast program. So approximately 45% of the women in this screening area are not undergoing screening mammograms, and so For me, that's a huge chance to develop an intervention and really see a difference in this population. We recently, as a a hospital and as a breast program, underwent a very rigorous training uh, survey and audit process to become accredited by the National Accreditation Program for Breast Centers. And so when a breast center receives this accreditation, it means that you can be assured that it's held to the highest standards of care for patients with any sort of breast disease. And we take a very multidisciplinary approach to cancer care where every patient is reviewed by the entire team of experts who provide that care. And then we further utilize the latest advances in surgery techniques and personalized genomic medicine to, to uh, help see patients through their, their cancer journey. What are some of the questions that a woman should ask in her first visit to a surgical oncologist? And how is a woman going to know how to select the right professional? I I think this is also a good question for family practitioners like myself. We're often referring patients to specialists. So, you know, what are things that we also need to know uh, as well as our patients? Absolutely. And it's, it's a scary process. So when a woman has an abnormal imaging, for example, and needs a biopsy, that triggers a referral to me or a primary care physician will send a patient for variety of reasons. They feel a lump, they have breast pain or some other issue. And, and a woman has the right to know, uh, first and foremost, if her physician is well-trained in the field, if she's respected in that field, and, and she should really feel comfortable asking that doctor what his or her experience is. So whenever possible, fellowship training is a beneficial adjunct in breast surgery because what this means is that the physician not only completed a residency in general surgery, but has received additional training in breast surgical techniques in all aspects of oncology and not just the surgical or the technically related ones. So patients come to me with questions regarding all aspects of their cancer care and I'm well equipped to and I'm well equipped to address these concerns and explain what they need. In addition, I further am trained in genetic and hereditary risk assessment and you know, it it just enhances the conversation that a patient could have. Uh, because there's someone who is knowledgeable in every aspect of the care of the breast from the diagnosis through the cure. And I also focus on wellness and survivorship. So not just removing the cancer, but helping the patient regain their life. So a woman has to feel, number one, confident in her provider. Two, she has to feel comfortable. And, and I tell women all the time, you know, this is one of the most important decisions that you're going to make because we're going to partner together from here on out regardless of what your diagnosis is, to promote your breast health and to prevent cancer from forming or if you have developed cancer, to remove that cancer and to get you back to a quality of life that is beyond what you thought it could be with this diagnosis. So 
that's what I tell women, and that's what I advocate for patients, and that's what I provide. I think that's very inspirational, and it definitely is another physician, and many of us listening are physicians. You know, we know that when our, our patients hear the terms breast cancer and breast surgery, they often have images that come to mind that are often scary for them. They think of mastectomies with large scars. They think of lymphedema and other images. Can you talk about some of the innovations in surgical management of breast cancer that are happening now that our patients should be aware of and we should as well? This is one of my favorite topics because surgery, breast surgery, breast cancer, no longer equals disfigurement. And so I get excited when I talk to patients about how we're going to remove these cancers and where their scars are going to be, how they're going to be hidden, and how their breasts are going to look, and how they're going to feel afterwards. Because in a very short time from that diagnosis forward, they're going to be cancer-free. And I want them to look down and feel comfortable with what they see and have a positive and affirming self-image. So for my practice, where appropriate, I provide minimally invasive breast surgical techniques. I hide scars. I remove as little of the breast as possible to remove the entire tumor and a margin of clear or tumor-free tissue surrounding it. In addition, I'm trained in a newer specialty technique, which is called a nipple spare necessity, where I make incisions underneath the breast. I save the entire skin envelope as well as the nipple areola complex and then perform immediate reconstruction. One of the best compliments I ever gotten was a patient who was four years out and went to see her gynecologist who she hadn't been to see in some time, and he slipped through the chart and said, well, what do you do for your mammogram? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I don't see any record of the mammogram in here. And she said, I had bilateral mastectomy. And uh, he could not believe it. The scars were hidden. The nipples were maintained. The sensation was preserved. There are a lot of, I think, inspiring stories like that, and that gives, I think, not only physicians but patients hope as well. Something I wanted to ask you about is some of the celebrity news recently. You know, recently celebrities have weighed in on a variety of topics related to cancer, some with some controversy. What's your opinion of Hollywood weighing in on health issues, especially as it relates to breast cancer and mammograms and things like that? And what are some of the myths that you'd really like to dispel about breast cancer? That is a great question, and I think that celebrity is such a a wonderful and a unique platform and an opportunity to really reach a number of women who might never be reached or really influenced by some of the messages about cancer prevention and cancer awareness. And and so when I see celebrities who are using their influence in in an affirming and a positive way, it it makes me feel wonderful. But I can give you an example of, of how it really perhaps should not be used. For many years, there was a myth that bras contributed or caused breast cancer due to, I guess, cycling lymphatic flow throughout the breast. And and recently, this was perpetuated by a Hollywood celebrity. Recently, Gwyneth Paltrow, yes. for example, had a blog uh, where she sent it to her entire viewing and, and listening and reading audience regarding how bras cause breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and it was such misinformation. It was erroneous. And the medical community had to do a lot of work to try to help patients understand why this was not the case. And it was really an example of, of how not to use of your celebrity influence uh, to weigh in on, on, on issues when she could have used that influence to talk more about things that are empowering to women, to other preventable risk factors for breast cancer like diet and exercise, you know, and, and eating healthier and, and, you know, looking at the organic content of your diet and eating more fruits and vegetables and smoking cessation, anything else except for women wearing bras and that being the cause of their breast cancer and, and casting shame on women mm. for doing so. So I thought it was very um, unfortunate. Some of the myths that, that, that I hear patients come into my office with every day are, are things like, you know, finding a lump means that you have cancer. And they're terrified that if they feel something, it means there is something there. And so I spend a lot of time educating women on the self-breast exam and 
going over what lumps are natural in the breast and what lumps feel like and how to tell when a lump feels abnormal. Another myth that I hear quite often is that men do not get breast cancer, and that is a complete misnomer. Actually, the rate of male breast cancer is increased. While the percentage is still small, maybe only 2,000 men will be diagnosed within a year, male breast cancer is a prime risk factor for hereditary cancer syndrome. And so whenever we hear men with breast cancer in a family, I'm inclined and I like to speak with the entire family with the women with the daughters because that's the risk factor for having a genetic mutation. That's a really good point. I think that's a good reminder, too, for us physicians as well, just thinking about risk factors and who's at increased risk. Absolutely. There's one more that I can think of, and this one is huge because women will sometimes try to justify why they don't want to get a mammogram. And, and, you know, it's not to say that mammograms are comfortable and every woman enjoys getting them, but there's a misnomer that mammograms, because of the radiation, cause cancer. And that is completely not true. The benefits of mammography nearly always outweigh the potential harm from radiation exposure, which is minimal. It's very small doses of radiation. That's good to know as well. Dr. Gary, this has been really, really interesting. Is there anything that you would like to add before we close today? I, I just encourage every provider to, to sit down and talk with your, your patients about their breast health and about their approach to the management of their breast care so that when things arise, like abnormal mammograms, which do happen, we get calls back, we get second looks, and we need to educate and empower ourselves so that when our patients come in, we can feel comfortable having the discussions with them. So I'm thankful to everybody who is listening and, and uh, sharing these discussions and learning more about breast cancer and breast health so that we can really prevent this disease from becoming more of the, the epidemic that it is. Well, many thanks to you, Dr. Monique Gary, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle, and you've been listening to ReachMD. To download this podcast and others in the series, please visit us at reachmd.com slash everydayfamilymedicine. Thank you for listening.